0: Welcome to the Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Today's show is from a recent live event Brian presented at. Let's listen in.
1: You know, life is too short to not be true to ourselves. Would you guys agree? Yes. And to be fully who we are. I'm talking about in an authentic sense, not in an image sense. So basically, I think it requires some heroic characteristics to live the good life, especially in this era today, because we're bombarded with images that are different. It takes a certain heroic characteristic to go be successful in a world that has different views on how to be successful. It takes heroic characteristics for you to be a white hat in sometimes a black hat world. It takes heroic characteristics to be successful in a world that's careening towards entitlement. So, let's develop heroic characteristics. So first, developing the giant within, like the scarecrow, here it is, it's a lifestyle of learning. Leonardo da Vinci, great Irishman, (laughs) said learning never exhausts the mind. Now, I will say learning exhausts the body. When you're really growing your mind, it's important to have some kind of physical exercise. Because learning exhausts the body. Okay, that's why you'll feel tired. You'll feel tired in parts of this event, and you just sat in a chair all day. Okay. Second, constant improvement. Constant improvement. Albert Einstein, the movie coming out about him. I'm curious to see. Says once you stop learning, you start dying. Constant. And then mentoring, instruction, and coaching. And I got a couple of words for you on this: mentoring. Instruction and coaching. And I'm going to say this. Here's the two words to write down the margin. Get it to give it. Get it to give it. Get it to give it. Get mentoring. Get instruction. Get coaching. Get it to give it. Get it to give it. So we hired a guy who was 74. How does corporate America treat 55-year-olds? Here's what they do. Here's what corporate America does. Here's what our culture does. We do this. Somebody's 54, and we cut them. Not we. Corporate America does. And then we get the dudes out of college that know how to drink out of a bong, <laughs> that have a great GPA, have no experience, have never done anything, and we put that person in this person's spot. And we just got rid of the person with all of the hard-fought what? experience and all of the wisdom. At Buffini Company we have used consultants and people outside, we brought people in and they've helped us become a great company. Buffini Company is a great company. Okay, people come and look at it, we are recognized best place to work in San Diego, we're the top in our brand. I'm just telling you, it's not because I'm a freaking wizard, as we figured it out. We brought in this 74 year old guy, Dermot was heading up the Corporate Relations Department. This guy, he had been in corporate America. He was in the, the forerunner to the Navy SEALs. He's older than the Navy SEALs. And he was in the forerunner to that in the Navy, and he'd use analogies all the time. He walks into my office one day and just unsolicited says, Darren Buffini can be the CEO of this company one day. And I went, <laughs> okay. Gotta take your pills there, Steph. He saw it before I saw it. He saw it because he had wisdom. Okay? And I said, okay, tell me why. Boom, 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 boom. All right. Well, he's here, and we got this. W- what do you think? By the way, I'm currently the CEO, so you're telling me he's taking my job. <laughs> and he said, well, if he can do this and this and this and this and this, here's why. and he'll be better at you because of this. Mentoring. We were already best in brand. We were already the top coaching company in the country. Seventy-four-year-old guy who didn't know jack cheese about coaching, Okay. Retired from corporate America, thrown on the slag heap as far as corporate America is concerned, an old Navy Swabby guy, and he still, Dermot still has breakfast with him today. Never stop being mentored, never stop getting coached, and never stop receiving instruction. And then what were the words I get? You get it to what? What's that? Yes. Folks, in this room, you are mentors. Lean into that role. You have things to help and instruct people in. It's time. By the way, you're busy. Of course you are. If you're not busy, you shouldn't be a mentor. Hello. Okay? You have to pick your spots. You have to pick your spots. Okay? But you get it to give it. John Wooden said this, you should never try to be better than someone else. You should always be learning from others. But you never cease to try to be the best you could be because that's under your control and the other isn't. I met John Wooden years ago. I didn't know who he was. There was a bank called Home Savings of America. They were the number one lender in the country. And they signed on for me to do a 10-city speaking tour for them to all their mortgage people. And they had just acquired a company called Coast Savings. And Coast Savings had a guy that was speaking as well. So I come along. (laughs) And I would do the opening deal. And then this old guy would come and sit in a chair. And he'd do poetry and this and that and the other. And then he had this one slide... And then we'd go on to the next town. We did this for 10 weeks. And I had no idea who this guy was. Okay? I grew up in Ireland. The only basketball we knew were the Celtics. <laughs> so I never heard of John Wooden. So we would have lunch every day. And he would say, well, I found this very interesting. I found... And he would tell me all the things he thought were fascinating about what I was doing. And he goes, you've got the potential to be a master at this speaking. I'm like, really? And this and He just interested in me. And after... Four weeks of this, true story, I went to a thing, you might Google this, anybody under 30, it's called a library. (laughs) And I start looking up, and all of a sudden, I had no idea, this guy's like the greatest coach in American history. This guy's got more books written on leadership, and this and any other, and whatever else. And I come back the next day, and I got to meet him. (laughs) And we're having lunch, I go, (laughs) Mr. Wooden. Um, I'm just a poor little immigrant, and I, I, knew Celtics, and this and that. And I, I had no idea who you were. I thought you were an English teacher, because you were always doing this poetry. And everywhere we went, there was different poetry, and you had this pyramid thing. And I, I didn't know. And he was, oh, I was really enjoying it. Because he just wanted to hang out. He just wanted to hang out. And so for the next six weeks, I, I became a student. Everything he had to share, everything I could find out. I'm like, my God, they are paying me to present to this audience and to sit backstage and learn from John Wooden. Helpful stuff. Never stop learning. Never stop growing. Show me someone who doesn't have the ability to learn from somebody else. I'll show you someone I don't want to hear from. I don't want to learn from. Does that make sense? Next, heart of a champion. Heart of a champion. My kids got this. My wife's got this. I like to think I have this. Here are some tips on how to have the heart of a champion. First, be a great listener. Now, I'm a talker. I'm a talker who I would say the thing that's helped me the most in my life is I'm a great listener. I'm a talker who's a great listener. Dermot will, on occasion, bring me into a corporate setting, and they've been doing this and this and this, and he goes, I'll let him at him because I'm going to ask some questions. And, Dermot, how many times does somebody say, I've never been asked that before? But, gee, that's a great question. Become a great listener. Listener, become a great questioner. By the way, John Wooden was demonstrating it to me for four weeks. He asked me fantastic questions. He helped me clarify my own thoughts in a way I never did. He taught me about myself by asking questions about myself. He made me clarify things. Become a great listener. It is the first ingredient to have the heart of a champion. What would the world say? Be a great talker. Be a great communicator. Be a great speaker. Be a great listener. OK? Stephen Covey said most people do not listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. Seek first to understand, then be understood. Next, heart of a champion, connected to others' needs. Connected to others' needs. Connected to others' needs. A guy I would love to have at a Mastermind or wherever else, it's in the goofy price range. I've got to find a way to get someone to sponsor him. But Will Smith is not only a great actor, not only done some great things, but he knows why he's been successful. And he's an extraordinarily gifted communicator. But he says, I want to take care of people. I want to help people. The maximum joy that I have is when I can create something that makes someone else's life lighter, brighter, or better. That's his intent. Number three, the discipline of affirmation. The discipline of affirmation. You have that Muhammad Ali thing, I like that one. It says, uh, it's the repetition of affirmations that leads to belief. And once that belief becomes a deep conviction, things begin to happen. Want to have the heart of a champion? Listening, connected to needs, and the discipline of affirmation. Next, the warrior. Okay, here's the first. Perseveres under duress. Perseveres under duress. I mean, come on. Everything and everyone and everyone I talk to... Anything connected to success, any of these great people I've had a chance to meet and interview, it's all about perseverance. How many of you had a chance to listen to the Justin Forsett interview I did on the podcast? Anybody listen to that yet? Unbelievable. Nine-year pro in the NFL. The little NFL engine that could is what the title of it is. Here's the good news. Our associate producer, Karima, does not know anything about sports. And she came away just unbelievably inspired after listening to that. When you come in contact with that, that's why... When somebody perseveres, when you've persevered, understand that the thing you're persevering against or under is the thing that you're not proud of. You don't want to tell anybody this. But that's what makes your stories inspirational. And when we go to tell people stories and we do the send out the video crew and whatever else The thing we want to do, and and they're like, we're very gentle, we're very gracious, and we tell people, look, we're going to inspire people with this. But people are like, we're going to talk about the thing I'm embarrassed about, or the thing I, when the the house fell on me, you want to talk about the house falling on me. Yeah. Because we're going to inspire people that the house has fallen on them. When you persevere, you need to understand, it's when you feel least inspirational, and it's when you are most inspirational. And it is the number one characteristic in this regard to have that warrior spirit, to persevere under success. General Douglas MacArthur, a man who changed history, said, age wrinkles the body, quitting wrinkles the soul. Age wrinkles the body, quitting wrinkles the soul. Next, sacrifices for others. Sacrifices for others. Mother Teresa from Windy Arbor For a sacrifice to be real, it must cost, must hurt, and we must empty ourselves for a sacrifice. You can see how my infomercial's not going so good, can't you? (laughs) Next, uses strength to restore. That warrior spirit, you don't use your strength to destroy. You don't use your strength to tear down. You don't use your strength to make people feel weak. You don't use your strength to make people feel inferior. You use your strength to what? Restore. Plato said, good actions give strength to ourselves and inspire good actions in others. Boy, we need some of that, don't we? We need that more than we need another app, more than we need another social media channel. Trust me, I'm going to call my shot. In 2017, I'm going to call my shot. You watch how there is going to be a massive social media backlash. You watch. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. I don't know when it's coming. By the time all the marketers come in and all the people come in and all the, you know, pay for click stuff comes in, you're going to see this younger generation, which has a lot of them have some great ideals and what they want to be. They're going to start more and more and more just cutting off all access to social media. You're going to see it. You're going to see it. And I don't know when it's going to happen, but you know, the marketing strategies are all going to blow up in people's faces because people are just going to go enough of this. Enough of this. It's going to see it. You guys know I'm going to call my shots, right? Now there'll be a season. You might get five years. You can still marketing and have your strategy and all that kind of good stuff. Our social media director who's watching on live stream, don't panic. But there's a backlash coming. Because people are going to constantly get back to, and it might take a, a challenge. It might take another 9/11 thing. It might take something else where people go, "I want to get back to the essence of what life is actually about, and not living vicariously through that stuff." Let me not add any more commentary. All right, here's some top tips. I'm going to coach you up. All right, read your journals. All right. So I used to journal every single day, and what happened to my journals? So I had a chest of 19 years of journaling every day. I remember this now. Rob Kamadari sitting in the second row. Rob was giving me motivation one day. Rob's a motivator. He's like, "Hey, Buff, you know, just you need to get back in a journal every day." I'm thinking, "What the hell? That's the stuff I told you." <laughs> hey, I know what benefits of journaling. I've done it for 19 years. And what the hell you tell me? You, you know, da, da, da. and I—that was my reaction. You're calling me, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "Shut up." <laughs> Sometimes we get good advice and that's how we receive it. Is that true? Now, I don't journal the way I used to journal because I never missed a day because I had a thing called momentum. And because I did it every day, I never wanted to miss a day. And I was building out the story. And my my goal at the end of it all was this. I wanted my kids to know that I wasn't John Wayne. I wanted my kids to know my struggles. I wanted my grandkids to know, you know, you think about it, you got the guy with the 92 bucks and then he builds this and he's all that. And, they, you know, it, breath doesn't stink and whatever and so on one hand I did it for that was my motivation I had other things I had other things I had you know it was powerful to go back and read them I could see how far I grew and all those different types of things and there was lots of benefit it was a catharsis and all those benefits that come from journaling but my number one goal was I wanted to leave this legacy for my kids and I said this to Beverly one time she goes well maybe we just got to live it instead of leave books no. No, no. <laughs> is there anybody else out there And so I don't journal like I used to, but here's the thing. Before peak, I went back. And so what happened was I was actually organizing my office. I'm having some new shelves built, bookshelves built for my office. And what I didn't have was the way I used to be so anal and maniacal and da 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 da. But I had all these different journals that I kind of had a half journal or a third of journal. I put them together, and I read them all, and it was fascinating. And it's actually inspired me to get back on the horse and journaling every day again. Now... You gave me that feedback in 2008, okay, six months after the fire. I wasn't ready then. Have you guys ever had something good to share with somebody that they weren't ready, yes or no? Has something ever been shared with you that you weren't ready? That's why we keep showing up at these things. That's why we keep coming back. That's why we keep doing it. You know, in AA, they say, let's keep coming back. Because if you show up to enough of these things, if you do enough of this positive stuff, eventually the time is going to be right, everything will be aligned, and things start to click for you. Does that make sense? So, I can give you that advice because I'm back doing it. Number two, lean into your truth tellers. Lean into your truth tellers. I got a bunch of them. Here's one. Now, let me tell you, Mama is an interesting cat. She's amazing. Okay, we're married 27 years I mean, I'm bat nuts crazy about this woman. She's like this. She's as cool as the other side of the pillow. She's just cool. And rarely does she get after me. I was telling the kids a story. The kids are at the age now, and I've unfortunately some of them are shaped in my image. So they have this funky sense of humor, and they love. There's a lot of little digs here, and they'll sit around. And mom is easily. They can dig mom easy. You know, they don't know. And so because mom's everything's right and wrong, and for me they're like. (laughs) So they're sitting around. And uh, we're having a conversation. And we're talking about all this stuff. And my daughter, Amy, who's unfortunately cut like me. And she goes, Dad, back when you used to love Mom.
0: <laughs>
1: and Mom's like, Amy, we can love each other. and <laughs> Beverly, don't make it so easy for her. <laughs> so... She goes, when has mom showed you she loved you the most? Great question, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, mm. <laughs> And I said, well, you know, I tell the story. I was broke at 19. I was a millionaire at 26. And then I got into this business venture and I lost a bunch of money on this thing. And I go, you know, we, we've owned 47 businesses and 46 of them have been successful. And one of them wasn't. And I go, well, mom did not like that idea. Mom didn't feel good about the people I was getting into business with. And mom just didn't have a good feeling. She would know the details. It just didn't feel good to her. And I went ahead and did it anyway. And it blew up in our face. And it's not that $2.9 million is a lot. It's just it was all we had at the time. So I said, your mom never said a word to me about it. I said, she never said, we're in this situation because of you. We had to sell our vacation property because of you. We had to do this. There was a lot of consequences. I screwed up. I made a lot of mistakes. I ran through some red lights. It had a negative effect on her. And I go, she never, ever, ever, ever tramped on my spirit. And she goes, that was a mistake. We need to learn from it. Let's move forward. It was always us, let's, we go. To this day, she's never said a word to me about it. And I said to the girls, I go, that's why your mama lives in a big house today. I go, because that made me go, I am going to work my arse off. For that woman. Does that make sense? And so, you know, you go through these different things and you you have these different experiences that you want to you want to grow and you want to go through it. She's a truth teller. She will only drop some truth on me on occasion. Does that make sense? Here's the thing picks her spots. Picks her spots, always delivers the truth with grace. Did you guys hear that one? It's not she doesn't reach a point of frustration. Boils up, and that's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. And here comes the dynamite. Now, it doesn't mean she doesn't feel that, but she picks her spots. And in that regard, she's led me, an example, to deliver truth with grace. And I pick my spots. I pick my spots with my relationships. I pick my spots with my company. I pick my spots all the time. Okay? And as a leader, you have to pick your spots, because if you don't pick your spots, you'll never get the best out of your people. If you're just, I'm pissed, and you're about to know it, then all you'll get is people playing small all day long. Does that make sense? You won't get their best. You won't get their best. You know, I was here. The staff was working super late. They came up with the idea for the tags and the backpacks and the yellow brick road and the staging and the this and that and the other. And it was here, and it was late, and they were on their knees. And these are highly compensated, successful people. And they're on their nose, and they're cutting the thing and doing this. And I'm like, hey, you didn't think you'd be doing this? And they go, this is the greatest thing in the world. Why? because we got to own this. You let us use our creativity, you empowered us to come up with the ideas, you let us take a risk, and then you paid for it. <laughs> Are you guys with me? They're here late at night, long after the clock is supposed to be punched. Are you guys with me, yes or no? Okay. All right, number three, track and celebrate your accomplishments. Track and celebrate your accomplishments. A learned behavior for me, The way I typically celebrate is by starting the next one. just what I know how to do. It is not how everyone else knows what to do. So in my family and in my business and even with my clients, we have learned to track and to celebrate our accomplishments. Next, heart health. Interact with what moves you. Interact with what moves you. Understand what moves you. My family, that moves me. So you know what? That goes in the sketch. Interact with what moves you. You'll see for what moves me, there are people and then there are places. The next thing that moves me is my staff. You know, a Buffini & Company Christmas party is different for me than for most CEO, chairman types. So we do our Christmas party right here at La Costa. We bring our best clients here. Why wouldn't I bring my staff here? Does that make sense? Just a little leadership example for you. So last Christmas, we have our Christmas party here, and at the end of it, here's a line, you know, I have a different life. So my staff stand in line, take selfies, ask for autographs, and then one after they go, my life has changed since I came here. My life has changed since I came here. My life has changed since I came here. And tears and streams and this and any other. And it looks like an event, but that's what goes on at our company because their lives are changed because we pour ourselves into them. Because if we shine a light to their path... And their life improves. When they shine a light to the people we serve, then their life changes. Are you guys with me? The Christmas party, we pay a bunch of dough. We bring in all this stuff. We have entertainment. They get gifts. They get bonuses. They get this and that and the other. Nobody walked away from last year's Christmas party as inspired and fired up as me. And I go, my goodness. My goodness. Because sometimes you see the problems and the challenges and the this and that and the other. Okay? You have a couple hundred people. All right, somebody comes for 60 days and then they sue you. That happens, that's happened to me. All right, that's happened to me, I'm like, okay. And then all these other people are changing their lives and da, 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 I have coaches, anybody here, you know, Coach Judy, anybody remember Coach Judy? Coach Judy left Buffini Company a Millionaire, came to our company, we did this great program, we do this matching funds, we do this retirement programs, we do all these bonuses, we do this, da, 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 she saved her money, live what she taught, now she gets to climb all the mountains of the world that she wants to climb spend time with her husband, and she did it by blessing people for 20 years, coaching people. Does that make sense? Shine that light. So, my family inspires me. My staff inspires me. Yes, yes, I will say it. You people, okay? All right? It's inspiring. It's inspiring. It gets me out of bed. If you guys knew what went into these types of things, I'm not gonna tell you what goes in it. Just, you just need to know. We prepare. Derek Jones said to me, he says, Brian, I think if you burped on stage for two hours, these guys would sign up for next year. (laughs) I go, that might be true. But that's why every year that goes on, I work harder on this thing than I did the year before. Next year has already started. And then the last six months will be intense, intense, intense. But you find the inspiration. Interact with what moves you and what inspires you. I know what inspires me more than going public. I know what inspires me than having my own TV show. I know what inspires me more than that. What inspires me is your stories. Your stories and all the uh, a whole bunch of other stories of people who are not here or can't be here. Does that make sense? And it's the, the willingness of open hearts to be willing to hear and do. It is inspiring. It is more inspiring to me today, 22 years into this, than when I started. People go, okay, then I got to do what he does. No. You've got to do what you do and interact with what inspires you and what you love. Make sense? What moves you? Next, take stock of what's good in your life, especially when you're going through the crapper. And who knows when it happens? Who knows when it happens? Last year at Peak, we had one of our members here for three days, had a life-changing event. It was great. And he went back to his hotel room and his wife was dead in the hotel. Here's the thing, when you go through your life, when you're in the crapper, make a list of what's good in your life. Now is the time. Are you guys hearing me? Life is good. Why is not life awesome? The Lego movie says everything is awesome. Okay, I don't think it's awesome. I think it's good. Because somewhere inside the infinite love of God, in my way of looking at it, there's a place for suffering. And there is challenges and suffering and setback in this life. It's built in. There's a 100% chance that none of us get out of this life alive. Are you guys with me? Okay? It is what it is. Make a list of what's good in your life. Celebrate it, enjoy it, and lean into it. Because here's what you find. I spend all this time and all this effort and all this energy trying to please these people, trying to do this, trying to do that. And it's not even connected to what's good in my life. But I look at my schedule, I look at my day timer, I look at where I'm spending time and money on something that's not good in my life. Are you guys hearing me, yes or no? Just brings you back to true north. Next, catch someone doing something right. This is something we've done at Buffini Company for a long time. Catch somebody doing something right. That's why we write notes in Buffini Company to one another, okay? Catch somebody doing something right. Those were notes I received from the coaching department. The coaching department wrote me notes because we invested some money to bring in an outside coaching organization to invest in our coaches to help our coaches get to the next level. And I would say our coaches in some regards were operating at much higher levels than the organization we brought in, but they were so inspired and so fired up and it helped them so much. Every single person wrote me a note and wrote Dermot a note. They wanted to catch me doing something right. And that's something I've done in the company. They did it to me. Are you guys with me? As your team, catch them doing something right. Do they ever do anything wrong? Does anybody have a team here, yes or no? Does anybody have any vendors or people they work with who on occasion do something wrong, let me see your hands? Have you ever pointed that out? Great. I will say this, four to one. Four to one, catch them doing something right. Four to one, tell them, write them, email them, text them, pat on the back, whatever it is, four times you're doing something good, to one correction. If you can't find that, fire them. If you can't find four things they're doing right, what the hell are you paying them for? Hello, is this mic on? Catch people doing something right. Is it easy to catch people doing something wrong? How many of you have kids at home? Is it easy to find kids doing something wrong? So what's the number? Four to one. The warrior workout, find someone to mentor. Now, this is tricky. You find them with your eyes. Don't say, hey, you, you're really screwed up. I'm gonna start mentoring you. (laughs) Come here, come here, right now. We're having lunch next week, come. Again, I'm I'm bringing up some stuff, but it's just life. My mentor, Gene Coleman, passed away. The great Gene Coleman. He just taught me by his Look at this, man, was that something? Look at the glasses. We look like welders. (laughs) That picture's on my desk. I look at it every day. I want to honor Gene. I live out those things he taught me, and I try to share those things, and I I added some things to it, you know? I, I went a little further down the road than Gene did, which is what his goal was. Any good mentor wants you to go and exceed their accomplishments. Does that make sense? You're looking for someone who can surpass you, not someone who makes you feel good about what you know. Make sense? Next. Bless someone every day. This is the warrior workout. Bless somebody every day. I do it when I try to write notes. I'm going, okay, what can I say to bless this person? How can I bless somebody? The word bless, it's a beautiful word. Ken Blanchard, who lives right up the road here, says my own experience about all the blessings I've had in my life is the more I give away, the more that comes back. That is the way life works. And that is the way energy works. That's the law of the harvest. Plant seeds. It's amazing. Your job is, okay, I'm going to bless somebody today. And it's amazing. Your life will be blessed. Next part of that workout is be a go-giver. Be a go-giver. Be a go-giver. What's the phrase we often use? Go-getter. Be a go-giver. Be a go-giver. You get tested in it, right? Does neat book on that? Bob Berg? Go-giver. Okay. I want you to think about this. In The Wizard of Oz... It's a cool movie. There's all kinds of fun stuff. There are some goofy songs in that movie. Would you agree? Yeah. There's times when you think the writers of the songs, they were sniffing the yellow bricks. <laughs> the lions. I'm the king and the funniest. And he, they make up words. I'll wrap them up in cellophane. Dude, I mean that's the best rhyme you could come up with. Are you guys with me? So there's some things in there, and I love the little lollipop. I mean... But there were some songs in that movie that, man, they they, they, they were out on the edge of the diving board in that one. And in preparation for this, I've discovered 112 interesting facts about this movie. I'm only going to share one. But that's how it works. You kiss 111 frogs and you find one princess or prince. You follow me? So, here's the thing that hit me over the head. They only considered cutting one song out of the movie. So of all the things that were done and whatever else, the producers, the financial backers, and whatever else, they wanted to cut one song out of the movie. They were going to cut this out of the movie. They were going to cut that song out of the movie. Now, like I say, there's some fun songs. It's a fun movie. And there are some goofy songs in there that you think, man, you do better than that. This song was the only song they considered getting rid of, and it was a major, 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 major debate. The director said he would quit and take his name off the movie if they took it off. It was that level of tension. So why did they want to get rid of the song? They wanted to get rid of this song because it was too simple. It was too simple. It was too basic. It was in black and white, and it was just plain. It might be the most perfect song ever recorded. It might be the most perfect set of vocals ever recorded. It might be. It could certainly get in the argument. It made the movie what it is. I mean, the movie Titanic is not the same without Celine Dion's song. Would you guys agree? And she's not in the movie. Because what this was was pure, and it was true, and it was authentic. You need to understand that what is absolutely inspiring to people for the long haul is that which is pure, that which is true, and that which is authentic. It might not have the the buzzwords of the day. It wasn't in technicolor. It didn't have voice inflections. It didn't have caricatures. It was just pure. You know what it was? It's just a little girl singing. I want you to understand That this is the essence of what we're talking about. This is the essence of who I want to be and I hope you want to be. Totally true to yourself and just being yourself is good enough to be great. Nobody's youer than you. And when you are you, it strikes all the right notes. Are you with me?
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Our goal is to positively influence as many folks as we can, so be sure to share it with others. And don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. Uh, We love hearing the feedback. You can check out the show notes on thebrianbuffinishow.com. We're on Android, so you can download your favorite podcast app from Google Play and tune in for free. So as I finish here today, I'd like to leave you with the Irish blessing that Brian always ends the show on. It's something his grandfather used to always say, May the roads rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sunshine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.